What's going on, Duff Daddies and Duff Mamas? Brendan Monroe here, and welcome back to another episode of the Duffin' Up Podcast. we got a pretty quick show for you guys tonight overall, but, you know, we kind of just want to get into it and talk about the thing that everyone has in their mind, and that is the end of the PGA Tour season for three days before the 2021 season starts back up, but I digress. It is the Tour Championship. That's right, all of the golf world is looking down on Atlanta, Georgia this weekend at Eastlake Golf Club to see the best 30 players on the PGA Tour go ahead and grind it out for four rounds to see who's going to take home $15 million. That's right, big old 1-5 right there. Absolutely insane purse in total. There's $45 million bucks on the line this week, and still, even if you did not make it to the Tour Championship. The finishers from 31st to 70 still get about $125,000 payout. It's pretty nice, I would say. And then finishing from 71st up to 125th get about, I believe it's 50 grand. So, you know, not bad. Not great. I'm sure people would much rather be out there on the course right now. Um, but hey, you know, still a very, very nice payday for people that ended up missing the tour championship. But of course, as I normally do, I go off into a random tangent for no reason whatsoever. So let's get back into it about Eastlake Golf Club. One of the most historic golf clubs on the PGA Tour circuit right now, it was actually the home of Bobby Jones. He learned to play golf here. And if you don't know who Bobby Jones is, he is probably the greatest amateur golfer of all time. He actually never turned pro, which is kind of a cool thing when you think about it. Um, you know, he probably wouldn't have even made that much money anyways back then playing professionally. But overall, he was able to win 13 major championships. Now, that back then, this included the U.S. Amateur and the British Amateur, as well as the U.S. Open and the Open. So he was able to win the U.S. Amateur five times. He won the British Amateur one time. He won the U.S. Open four times and won the British Open three times. And this was all as an amateur. He never took a salary from playing golf, which is an insane thing. And he ended up retiring in 1930 after he had just won the Grand Slam that year. So he won the U.S. Open, the U.S. Amateur, the Open, and the British Amateur all in the same year. That's absolutely insane, and we've only ever seen that one other time when Tiger did it for the Tiger Slam, but that wasn't even in the same year. He just won it four times and had the trophies all at the same time. So really, really cool that this was this is the golf course that he ended up learning off of, and so much history here. Um, it's an original Donald Ross design, um, you know, Par 70 right now for the tournament, about 7,300 yards, which is still pretty long. And you get to see a lot of the Donald Ross design behind it. You know, you see some turtleback greens. Um, you see, you know, a little bit tighter fairways in some places. Um, the rough will probably be grown out, but not as much as it was at the BMW for sure. Um, but it'll still be a very, very challenging course. And probably the coolest part about East Lake is the 18th hole. Uh, it's a par five. It goes 590 yards. And there have been some really good memories there. And probably the most recent one that I remember was Tiger when he ended up winning it in 2018, that walk up of 18, where he had hit his third shot right on the green. 
And all of a sudden, just people started gathering around him and just walking with him right behind him on his way to the 18th green. And it was an unbelievable scene seeing all these people cheer on Tiger as he was really coming back. And that was his first big, big win since everything had gone down, Um, you know, after all of his back surgeries, after everything, really, he really played well that week and was able to take home the trophy. And with the Tour Championship having its permanent home here at Eastlake, we've got to see some repeating champions, and we've really got to see the best golf played on this course. Rory McIlroy has won it twice last year um, in pretty good fashion, then in 2016 as well. Tiger's a three-time winner of the Tour Championship, but ended up winning at Eastlake twice and also at Champions Country Club in Houston one time. And Phil has also won two championships at Eastlake in 2000 and 2009. So overall, bunch of history at Eastlake. A really, really great course. A challenging course with its Donald, with the Donald Ross design. And I can see while the PGA Tour might want to have a little bit of scoring after last week's uh, non-scoring event until the last day. I don't think we're going to be able to see anything like the Northern Trust again. That was just absolutely ridiculous, and I know people would agree with me on that. 30 under, no chance. And then Harris English at 19, I don't think that's going to happen either. Um, But one of the really, really cool parts about the Tour Championship is they've gone to this design where instead of everyone starting even par and they play through normally, um, the the leaders in the... FedEx Cup actually get a better starting out. This started happening last year in which they really dug into this program, and I I really like the scoring idea because it does reward the people who have been there um, since day one and, you know, really have tried the entire year. So, for example, on this, um, DJ, who's the number one in the FedEx Cup right now, will start his first round at minus 10. So off right off the tee, (laughs) I know it's crazy to think about, but right off the tee, he's 10 under. Jesus. Like, what an unbelievable advantage. John Rahm, who's second, will start at minus 8. Justin Thomas will start at minus 7. Webb Simpson will start at minus 6. And Colin Morikawa will start at minus 5. Then we get to places 6 through 10. So this would include guys like Daniel Berger. They start at minus 4. Places 11 through 15 will be at minus 3. Um, in this group, we will see guys like Xander Schauffele. Um 16 to 20 starts at minus 2. 21 to 25 starts at minus 1. And 26 through 30 start at even. So really, there's no shot of guys at 26 to 30 being able to win. Um, unless, you know, they pull a Scotty Scheffler and go 59 and then also pull a DJ and go 60 the next day, then maybe they've got like a decent shot at, at getting there. But I just don't see anyone coming from that side. Although you do see very, very good players down there like Billy Horschel, who's won the event at Eastlake before. Um, you've got Victor Hovland down there. You know, you got Mackenzie Hughes, who's been very consistent on tour the entire year. So you never know. I don't think it'll happen. Um, But, you know, all of these guys are going to try and shoot low. So there's going to be chances taken. They don't have to worry about being cut because there's only 30 of them. And there was no cut last week anyway. So it's fine. But this is the last event of the year. So they have no worries. So they can go out and try and shoot as low as possible. So I do think, at least from the guys at even or so, they're going to try and do their best to shoot. Uh, very, very, very low. So it'll be very interesting to watch these guys. 
So now what are my expectations going into this week? Um, well, DJ's probably going to pull it out. And unfortunately, that is a hill I'm going to die on, as we'll see later in my DraftKings picks. But I do think that Dustin Johnson's just playing probably the best golf out of everyone right now. Uh, you know, John Rahm's right there with him, too. But I think DJ could do a lot of damage down in East Lake Golf Club. And that is one thing that I would rather not see. And I'm not trying to be mean because I do love DJ. But it is fun when kind of dark horse person comes out and is able to win a tournament like this. But I think DJ is going to take it. I do think that their guys like Morikawa and Simpson and maybe Daniel Berger could do a little bit of damage and try and get up there as well. Uh, I think Colin Morikawa is perfect for this golf course. He, you know, likes his accuracy. If he can hit fairways, I think he'll do very well. Same thing with Webb Simpson. He's got that plotter style. Uh, and that's something that I've really been watching closely lately. And I think it's been working pretty well on the PGA tour this year. You know, you're always going to have your bombers like DJ being able to get out there. But then you look at a guy like, uh, Bryson DeChambeau, who was originally much more of a plotter. He still had like very, very good driving distance, but he was definitely a plotter. He definitely was more calculated. Now he just gets up there and tries to hit the ball a million miles and, (laughs) you know, stuff like that. It doesn't always work. So I think that Morikow and Simpson could definitely do pretty well here, and I I hope they do. And going kind of off of what I said before, one of the surprise contenders I think could be Billy Horschel, especially if he goes low on Thursday. He's had great success here. Second place finish in 2018, a big victory in 2014. Um, And I really do think he could be the guy that kind of comes out, plays really well, even though he's at even par, and, you know, could be that fake leader in the clubhouse not really on thursday but you know go out shoot six under seven under and try and get himself back into this but hey enough about actual golf you know what i want to talk about right now daily fantasy golf and that is my DraftKings picks for the tour championship this week now once again we're not going to talk about last week last week was a bad week taylor gooch just didn't have a good week ended up finishing very bad uh couple other players just didn't show up for me and a couple did but overall you know just didn't have anyone finish in the top 10 minus lanto griffin um but you know we just had a bad week so we're gonna retry it this week and we're gonna do better this week i can promise you that because we can't do any worse than we have the past two weeks so as usual um going by my blog i do players to avoid an expensive player that's worth it two value picks, and then, of course, my picks for the tournament. So let's start off with players to avoid, and I'm going to go ahead and die on this hill, guys. And it's a bad hill to die on, but I'm going to die on this hill. Dustin Johnson, once again, player to avoid. You got me? He is 15200 this week, which is actually probably a player to avoid because that price is ridiculously high, and it's way too high. How can you... Do the rest of the lineup if you have DJ in it. So that's just no. Uh, right off the bat, no. We're not going with DJ this week. Now, he's probably going to win again, and I'm probably going to get screwed again. But we're not doing it. We're sticking to our guns. Fine. Uh, next up would be uh, expensive player that's probably worth it. I go with Webb Simpson here. And I was going to pick Webb for the BMW Championship last week before he withdrew. So the biggest thing here is that he's rested. 
Uh, everyone else has played two straight weeks, and I know that's not too, too bad, but still, last week was a heck of a week for a lot of these guys. So I think with Webb rested up, I think he's got a real chance to shoot some low numbers. Finally, my two value picks here. I have Victor Hovland at 6,600. He's had a really good year. Um, he just snuck into the top 30, but he's done pretty well for himself this year after getting a win last year. I still think he's got a really, really good shot at scoring low this week, and I think he can do it. And finally, Lanto Griffin at $5,600. Why is he so low every week? The guy has been an absolute machine. An absolute machine. He's 16th on the leaderboard, so he's going to start off at minus two, which isn't great, but it's not bad. And, you know, he can go and shoot low. He's proven it this year. He won the Houston Open. He's been pretty competitive throughout the year. He just finished tied for 10th last week. He had a good PGA Championship. I don't understand sleeping on Lanto Griffin. Lanto, if you're listening to this, which I know you're not, I'd love to have you on the podcast one time. But if you are listening, let's make it happen. So Lanto Griffin at 5,600, an amazing value pick. So my picks for the week are Webb Simpson, 10,600, Colin Morikawa, 10,400, Daniel Berger at 9,100, Tyrrell Hatton at 7,000, Kevin Kisner, still ain't no hobby, at 6,800, and finally Lanto Griffin at 5,600. You know, with this group, I really think I can turn my odds around. I really think that combined with everything going on, Webb and Colin have a really, really good shot at winning. I think that Daniel Berger's right there at six as well. So he's starting out at four under. He can make some moves. Uh, Tyrrell Hatton, Kevin Kisner, and Lanto Griffin are all really going to have to play well. But Kisner's done pretty well here in the past. Um, I don't think Tyrrell Hatton's ever played in a tour championship, and I know Lanto has never played in one. But overall, I think this group is a group that can really bring it up. And I think that with the experience at the top of Webb Simpson playing here a lot, with Kevin Kisner playing here a lot, with Morikawa and Berger kind of having their come-up years, and Tyrrell Hatton having a really, really good year this year, and Lanto Griffin first year you know fully fully on tour since 2017 2018 when he finished 171st and he's 16th i think we got a chance this week guys i think we're going to do really well switching gears a little bit here we're going to go into a little bit of the european tour right now currently this week they'll be playing the andalusia masters or as spanish people call it the andalusia masters uh, at real club valderrama right in andalusia so Overall, you know, this is a pretty decent tournament that usually gets a really good field. The course itself was the site of the 1997 Ryder Cup on which Europe won, and it was actually the first Ryder Cup on mainland Europe soil. So it was the first Ryder Cup played outside the UK and Ireland ever. So that's kind of cool. Um, last year's winner was Christian Bezadenote. And if you're asking me how to spell that, I don't know. If you're asking me how to pronounce that again, I don't think I'd be able to. But Christian Bezadenote, there we go, twice in a row. Uh, the young South African who actually was tied for second in the players this year before it eventually got canceled. Um, but, you know, it's a very, very good golf club. Uh, it's one of the oldest and most prestigious in Spain. Uh, Sergio has won this tournament three out of the five times it's been contested. So that just goes to show you that, you know, Sergio is pretty dominant over there on the European tour sometimes. 
And the main reason why I bring this up is because of the dramatic rise that Rasmus Hoegaard's had in Europe. I want to see if he can continue this great run of form. He just won at the UK Championships last week. He was actually awarded the UK Order of Merit for the UK Swing, which means he finished the best out of everyone and got the most points out of everyone during that UK Swing. And the biggest thing is he's 19 years old. 19 years old, and he's already won twice on the European Tour. He'll be over in America for the U.S. Open, and I'm really, really looking forward to that. I think he could be a new phenom. I don't know about Rory McIlroy level, but I think he could be an absolute phenom on the PGA Tour if he ever makes it over. The Corn Ferry Tour will play this week out in Springfield, Illinois at the Land of Lincoln Championship. Both the LPGA and PGA Tour champions are taking a break this week with the ANA Inspiration coming up next week on the cards for the LPGA Tour. So a little bit of a smaller week this week, um, at least since we came back from the pandemic. There's only going to be the PGA Tour, Corn Ferry Tour, and the European Tour up. But I'm really looking forward to watching the ANA Inspiration next week for the LPGA Tour and see the best women golfers out there. So again, everyone, I just really want to thank you all for listening today. Um, it's been really great being able to broadcast to everyone. Um, I know we're getting a little bit bigger on the listener side, and I hope we continue to because I really do like sharing my love of golf with everyone here. So I'm hoping to continue to build up our social media accounts a little bit. Facebook, we're getting close to 50 likes. Uh, Twitter's been a little bit tough twitter our twitter handle at tough enough blog it's only got five likes right now and i think one of the purple isn't real so that's kind of funny and the other one's me um and then there's three others so we're definitely going to try and become a little bit bigger on twitter instagram we have a decent following of about 17 people right now but i'd like to build that even more um so overall yeah we're just gonna continue to work on the social media side continue to grow our presence continue to put out some of the best podcasts that i can and i really just have to thank all of you for that so as always just remember to rate the podcast review the podcast subscribe to the podcast download to the podcast everything that you can do follow us on social media at duffin up blog on facebook instagram and twitter um also at duffin up on youtube now we have some cool little uh pga tour 2k21 shows up there so that's really fun and yeah we just really appreciate your time today so go on out there and duff it up <music>